Have you ever wondered what culinary secrets lie in the corners of a dimly lit taqueria? You know, where the aromas as rich as the history itself? So today, o sea hoy, I want to pause and pose a loaded question for all those comelones out there. I mean, foodies. What do you consider a value meal? Think about that one for a second. Welcome back to Flavorful Roots. The Hole in the Wall podcast, Que No Sabías Que Existía. I'm your host, food writer, cultural explorer, and critical thinker, Dennis Arvizu. And I'm not afraid to ask tough questions, you know, challenge the status quo, or share unpopular opinions. You know, here on Flavorful Roots, talk about food, the food we eat, the culture around it. I explore stories behind different cuisines, you know, the traditions that shape them, and how food can bring people together, more so now than ever, given all the circumstances that go around the world, unfortunately. For me, food is more than just sustenance. It's the fundamental tool to find cultures and construct identities. So today, let's explore the meaning of a quote-unquote value meal. And while we're at it, the controversial online review, um, Yelp. Well, let's start. Let's say you are hungry or hungover, and the smell of menudo, that, you know, rasaka antidote, comes to mind. Now, I did say menudo, right? That traditional dish made with Stomach lining, beef tripe, you know, simmered in a mezcla of chiles. I mean, look at that thing. Glimmering. Mezcla of chiles, japoneses, guajillos. And I'm getting hungry. Finished with some uh, freshly crumbled oregano, right? Touch of lime juice. And some freshly handmade tortillas. You know, and it comes to you damn hot, like still boiling as you get it. You know, it's perfect for anyone that saw crudo or not. You know, I mean, really, you can't go wrong with that. Um, so this weekend, same thing, I had my menudo, right? And um, at the same time, for those that know me, I got I got to have, you know, um, tripe tacos, tacos de tripa. You know, and this place that uh, 
went to my wife and I. It's a hole in the wall taqueria, you know, that, hell, they know how to cook tripe, you know, with finesse. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, God, it's like, let me show you here. Um, hopefully you guys can see that. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're on Apple podcast, um, I'll drop a link. I'll put this on YouTube, but on Spotify, I'm sure you can see the video of it. Um, but look at that stuff. I mean, it's like it was brown perfectly, you know, cooked, like seasoned. And man, you ate that thing. It's like a cloud. I mean, it's almost like, you know, criminal that they put stuff on it. You can literally eat that like popcorn. It's so damn good. So on top of that, you know, decided to order um, some flautas, right? And, um, you know, just to kind of give you guys a, a quick view of what, you know, this looked like. Um, you know, they don't look as, as good as they tasted, definitely, but they were also hella crispy, you know, definitely full of uh, flavor. Now, the downside of it was, you know, they made them, they drowned them in all that topping. You see that? You know, it was like tortas ahogadas, but flautas, man. I mean, literally, you know, someone should get arrested for that. I mean, you... you Spent all this time making them and then frying them and delicious. And then now they're all fucking soggy. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. But again, you know, you can't go wrong with that. And of course, you know, when you go like anywhere else, when you go and have a, a meal at a Mexican restaurant, especially taqueria, you know, that hole in the wall, a taco cart. And you got to have that half liter, you know, coca de botella, right? I mean, it's, you can't go to a place and not have that. I mean, yeah, in that case, just don't go there at all. So that and my wife also got a, a champurrado, right? And for those that don't know champurrado, it's like, uh, I compare it, I say it's it's the Mexican you know, latte with uh, corn flour, right? Steamed with corn flour. And um, I think that's the best way that I can describe it really fast. So, you know, there you have it, right? So some flautas, some menudo, tacos de tripa, you know, uh, coke, and a champurrado, right? So now, a la hora de pagar, and I was at the register pulling out my pair of 20s because, you know, food inflation these days, all that stuff, it's your money don't buy you what you used to, right? So I get there to the front of the line to pay. And, you know, the cajera was nice. Hello, sir. Greets me really nice. Great. Right. That'll be $66. For a second, I was like, I heard $66. And then I kind of took a look at that, you know, square tablet. 
sure enough, it was $66. I was like, what the fuck? So kind of looked at it again, right, to make sure. And, and sure enough, it said $66 for flautas, menudo, tacos, a Coke, and champurrado. So fuck, man, I had to you know, put my 20s away and bust out the credit card to pay for what I thought was supposed to be a, a bargain meal. So as we sat down, I found a place to sit in a corner, decided to start nursing my $5 Coke. You know, that earlier that I showed you guys, I had to make sure that lasted me a while. Um, so I started to kind of just think and ask myself, like, when does the value get lost on food because of the cost, right? Regardless of how good it is. You know, and don't get me wrong, I don't mind paying for quality, right? Because that's what we do, especially as as a cook, as a chef, you know, quality is, is key. But man, $66. The hell, that's a little excessive, you know? And I remember back in, in my day, and this is going back some time now, I could buy flautas and a burrito for like $6, right? $66. Fuck. So, yeah, I think, I mean, that to me is a little excessive, but yeah, I'd like to hear what, um, what your thoughts are on that. You know, for those that don't know, um, I live in the Bay Area, you know, so I do factor that in a little bit, but. $66 for flautas, menudo, right? Tacos de tripa, champurrado, and a Coke. I think the next time you hear that, I mean, shit, the cruda is just going to jump out at you and don't even have to have the menudo. Um, so to anyone that's listening, have any of you had a similar situation? I mean, you know, 66 bucks for two people, they didn't even order much. And hell, that didn't even include alcohol, right? Um, and a hole in the wall. I mean, it's your taqueria, right, that people flooded. I mean, it was packed, disorganized and trashed. I mean, you know, but damn food was too good to, to focus on that. So um, just kind of had to look the other way. But, you know, for $66, shit, I'd be eating a pasture-raised ribeye or something, right? Um, but, yeah, love to hear if you guys have had any similar situations. But, again, the food, legit, right? Flavors, spot on. So, speaking of feedback, let's talk about reviews. You know, that damn place people yelp about. So I have a love-hate relationship with that, right? Long ago, I think when I got to the Bay Area back in, geez, what is it, 2008, I think is when I moved here. Um, I, you know, got familiar with Yelp. Um, and I thought it was, you know, interesting. So you know, as a chef and whatnot, I decided to, uh, yeah, you know, write reviews as well. 
write one here and there um, and try to provide feedback as much as I would love to have some feedback. And um, then I quit on it for a few years. I mean, I mean, a few years, I'm talking probably 10 years, right? I would read them, but now it's like I, I don't trust them. And so earlier this year, and I'm going to have some more free time these days, I decided to write my first Yelp review. Keep in mind, it's been over a decade, right? So I wanted to provide a legitimate review, right? Provide some good and constructive feedback. So I did, right? And um, I wrote it and, you know, I was proud of my review. Then a couple of days later, I got an email and a complaint, right, from Yelp, actually, um, about my quote-unquote unprofessional and derogatory review. A derogatory review. So to me, that means like, you know, cussing at people and whatnot. And I mean, that's to me, that's not the place for that, right? Save that for the back of the kitchen if you want. But seriously, I mean, what the hell? Unprofessional derogatory review. And they got banned, got rejected, got trashed. So I guess what I'm saying is that I think some people prefer the sugar-coated feedback Foodie feedback, you know, you know, as I read some of these reviews these days, it's like, they're all sugar coated, provided by quote unquote foodies, you know, foodies that talk about how, oh, the food was too salty or, oh my God, reservation was late. Okay. It was too loud. Shit, you're in a restaurant. You know, it gets loud, right? There's people in there. Or they forgot to put ice in my water. All right. Overall, you know, those seem like fair, legitimate things to talk about, provide feedback about. Right? So, I kind of think back and look at my, um, what I thought was a fair evaluation, right? I mean, given that, you know, there was the ramen broth was lukewarm at best, right? Came with some chewy noodles, right? I mean, who the hell wants that, right? And then, of course, there was squid ink rice, fried rice, squid ink, delicious when done right. But you know, this one, it literally looked like a bowl of forbidden rice without the squid. I mean, okay, right? So, I mean, okay, you didn't even put the ink, but shit, there was like not even squid in it. It's just dark black rice that was fried, but I don't even know if there was squid ink in there. And you know what? Yes, the damn place was loud, right? I mean, uh, 
it sucks sometimes, but that's how it is. You know, but what made it worse is we had this freaking flaunting, obnoxious group that showed up next to us. Right? I mean, it was like a group of like seven. And they're talking so highly of themselves and, you know, flaunting to be, you know, top editor at Food and Wine. Right? I mean, that they know how to critique food. And what's interesting is that first question that came up from one of the individuals there to their group was that they didn't know that a yakitori bar consisted of Japanese food. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say to that. But, oh, yeah. So, the yakitori. You know, that lived up to his lane. I mean, that, that you know, deserved the five stars. You know, especially the creme de la creme. You know, the chicken livers, the chicken skins, the gizzards. You know, and I mean, I got to give credit to our server. She was amazing. You know, given that the place was slammed, I could see that they were understaffed. You know, because who isn't understaffed these days? Um... And then, you know, we got the uh, food literate group next door, you know, that literally was asking questions about every single damn item on the menu. You know, and then at the end of the day, it was just the best part that they wanted. I'll just take the chicken with the uh, sauce on the side. So I start, you know, I mean, some honest feedback. I don't you guys tell me is is that too brutal so yeah what's your take i mean i'd love to hear that was my review too focused on the food roots or was it you know too flavorful that it deserved the medal of honor and be banned from the public's view so, yeah, at the same time, how much is too much for authenticity? You know, for that local hole in the wall where flavor and roots become one. So much so that it's one hell of a meal to remember. Costly one at that. Yeah. So this is Flavorful Roots, that hole in the wall podcast that you didn't know existed.